Hey folks, Brendan here from the Blue Light Podcast, and this is the only place you need to be to find out all you need to know about police recruitment, whether it's in the United Kingdom or across the world, because so many of the principles apply no matter what country, no matter what police force, no matter what jurisdiction you're applying to, same principles. So today I've got quite a special podcast for you because I'm going to talk about not police recruitment, but what comes next. So you get the warrant card in your pocket if you're in the United Kingdom or if you're one of my international visitors, you get your badge or whatever it is that designates that you are now a police officer. Now what? Well, there's so many of you who I've helped support through the recruitment process. Seriously, it's thousands, thousands. So my best guesstimate, there's over 8,000 people who are now in the police as a result of my support. You probably would have got there anyway. I just showed you the way so you could get through all of the processes and the systems and the recruitment stages faster and with more confidence as well. So what happens next though? So I've had so many of you over the past couple of weeks get in touch with me to say I'm looking to transfer from one force to another or I'm hoping to become a detective or I want to go into the road policing unit, firearms unit, be a dog handler and I'd like to get promoted to the rank of sergeant. So, so many aspirations, which is just amazing. You know, the great thing about being in the police is that it's not just one career. It's several careers within one career. So, just for my time, for example, 28 years in the police, three different forces in Cheshire, Bermuda and Greater Manchester Police. I've served uh, on response in every rank. I finished off as an inspector. I worked as a neighbourhood inspector, which was awesome. I worked as a staff officer to a chief officer. Um, I've been a custody officer in charge of the cell complex, um, response inspector, special branch, detective. Oh my goodness, I've done so many things. It's been amazing. But back in the day, I got a lot of those positions just by being asked, actually, or actually being told. I can still remember the superintendent telling me, asking me into his office and saying, do you still like working nights? And I said, yeah, 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 I love them. Right, you're not working nights anymore. You're going to be a neighbourhood inspector. You've got the job. And I said, I didn't even apply for it. I said, it doesn't matter. You've got it. You start next Monday. And so that was it. And it was one of the best positions I ever had. But quite a few of the roles I've had have been as a result of being in the right place at the right time. Actually, not being in the right place at the right time, but setting my stall out, because these are things I always wanted to do, and I always made it clear that I wanted to do these things, and I would set my stall out to ensure that I got noticed by the people who are going to select the new candidates for those particular departments. So there was some method behind my madness. Today, though, the madness has got worse. What did someone say to me the other day? It was about the competency and values framework, because this is what you're assessed against. Now, for those of you going through the recruit process, you don't have to worry about it too much. You know, I show you what to do. It's a national process. And then you just do the things that I show you to do and you get good at it. And the competencies and the values and all the assessment criteria just fall out of the sky. Now, it gets tougher, though, once you're in force, because you're going to get assessed against the competency and values framework. And when you read it, when you look at it, the first thing you're faced with is what I call the wheel of confusion. Now, if any of you haven't seen this before, or even if you're overseas, it's worth looking at. Look up the College of Policing Competency and Values Framework. So there's a guidance document that tells you about how to utilise it. And this is the thing that one of my uh, alumni said, this makes no sense. 
Um, and he showed it me and said, I just don't get this. First of all, it does look like a wheel of confusion. The CVF diagram, it's got four core values in the middle, six competencies, and each competency has got three levels, with three being the most complex. These levels are not assigned to specific ranks. Levels apply to competencies only, not to values. And there's clusters as well. So there's three clusters which describe ways of working and are made up of pairs of competencies. Is that making sense so far? And then you go to the next stage where it talks about why three levels of competency and then how to combine values with competencies, how it's going to affect you. Oh, get this. I love this bit here. This makes no sense to me. And I've I, I was in this world, you know, for quite a few years in the police sector. I was in the learning and development world. The reason why I was selected as a staff officer was because of my knowledge of competency-based systems. I was on the national steering group for qualifications and standards for the police service in England and Wales. For two years, I served in, in that role. It wasn't full-time. It was just something I attended every month. I've got a master's in education where I focused on personnel evaluation systems. I'm a vocational assessor and vocational quality assurer. I've got all of those qualifications. And I don't understand this guidance here about PDR meetings. First of all, it doesn't actually tell you what PDR means. Professional Development Review is my guess. There's a a simple flowchart, a simplified picture in the way PDRs capture everything you need to do. It starts off with a vision and it splits into two. On one side, it's got strategy, what we do, standards and objectives, which leads to a PDR. On the other side, culture of code of ethics, how we do it, values and competencies. It tells you the values and competencies are stable and unchanging. On the other side, it says objectives and plans may change, but are always supported by the behaviours. I have no idea. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Insanity. It really is. Uh, This is meant to be simple. And so many of you have been in touch to say, I just don't get it. So I've decided I'm going to help you because I don't understand that flowchart, but I understand how people get selected for roles. I understand how assessment processes work. I understand how interviews work. That is what I do. And I've taken everything that I've been doing over the past two decades, both for myself, my colleagues when I was in the police, and for those of you who've got into the police, for the thousands of you who I've supported, and it's been a privilege and honour to do so, honestly, to when I hear about your dreams coming true, when I hear about how proud you are and I see the photographs and and I get the witness testimony witness testimony that sounds a bit formal doesn't it but I get you getting you get in touch and you send me messages and just tell me how awesome it's all been and how I helped with the journey I love that now anyway the the processes that you're going to go through for promotion transfer interviews specialist interviews every force can design their own but they've got to design them so that they're assessing them against the competency and values framework. So the thing is, you, you don't need to worry about that simplistic flow chart. Honestly, I'm just looking at it now. I mean, it's worth looking up. It's just a hoot. I don't get any of it. It's just bonkers. Anyway, <laughs> it's, College of Policing have always been like this. I've worked for them and uh, both worked for them and worked with them on four occasions throughout my career. Uh, Once when they were called National Police Training, when I became a police trainer. Uh, Second time, I became a trainer of trainers on behalf of the College of Policing, but it was still called National Police Training back then. I left the police and Blue Light Consultancy, my business, 
became one of the authorised providers for something called the Certificate of Knowledge and Policing. It became the biggest provider authorised and approved by the College of Policing in the country, which was awesome. And then about four or five years ago, decided, I don't like a big business. I don't, I don't want to be employing 20-something people. I just like doing things myself. And so I made the business just me again. And I also became an associate for the College of Policing, in their organisational development unit. So I did a couple of years uh, supporting forces with problem solving and stuff like that, which was pretty awesome. I really liked doing that. So, But the one thing I've known all the way through all of that is that they don't half know how to make something really simple sound really, really, really complicated. They're incredibly clever people. They're quite pleasant as well. You know, they're mostly harmless. Um, but as I once heard on a TED Talk, it was uh, Ken Robinson, I think, on a TED Talk, talked about how these really, really clever people uh, just see their heads, uh, no, their bodies, as an instrument to get their head from one meeting to another. You know, just huge, hugely intellectual academic people. Very nice. I mean, awfully nice people, but they haven't got a clue. In terms of real-world stuff, they just don't have a clue. And if you're watching this from the College of Policing... Uh, take it on the chin you know i mean really what i've just read out to you about the the simple the simplified picture of the way pdrs capture everything that's needed for your professional review that happens once a year and you tend to write it yourself and your boss just signs it off anyway um so (laughs) have a word with yourselves college of policing because that's the most complicated thing i've ever seen you come up with apart from the wheel of confusion. Anyway, so what are we going to do about this? Well, if, you want, if you're listening to this and you're listening to this as soon as this podcast has come out, then there's this awesome opportunity for you uh, next Wednesday. Oh, what is it? Next Wednesday, the 27th, I think it is, of January. I'm putting together a Ask Me Anything About the Competency and Values Framework webinar just for Blue Light alumni. The way you'll find it, The link is uh, by being part of the Blue Light group. So if you're part of the Blue Light Police Recruitment and uh, Career Advancement group, just look for Blue, just look in Facebook under groups for Blue Light uh, Police Recruitment and you'll find it. And uh, you'll see a few little ads, not not really ads, it's just me posting stuff in there saying, hey, come and join me next Wednesday. Completely free, uh, just for, you know, Blue Light alumni or as one of my um, alumni said today, can I bring along a few of my friends who are looking to get promoted to sergeant? Yeah, of course you can. Let's make a big celebration of where you are now, but also help you to achieve your dream within the police, as I did, as I did. But I know now it's more complicated for you, and I'm here to help you. Now, so many of you who are in this position have said, I'll get in touch with you for a little bit of support or a bit of a chat. And I do this. I'll, I'll spend like five, ten minutes with people just having a little bit of a chat with them. Because it's one, it's good to hear from them. And two, I want to help them so they can have this most amazing, successful and fulfilling career. And there's a big difference between the two. You can be incredibly successful in the police. But if it doesn't fulfill you, if it doesn't meet your heart's desire, and I don't say that in a cliched way, you know, just about everything I did, except for custody officer and staff officer, I wasn't really too keen on those two roles, but I knew I had to do them. Um, Custody officer, just because it was an essential part of just going through your sergeantdom and if you became an inspector if you couldn't manage a custody office then you were going to struggle a little bit and so I had to do my time in the custody office I didn't like it wasn't really my thing uh, staff officer I really hated it actually I liked my boss but I didn't like being cooked up in an office and um you know, I, I just had to do it. You know, he told me. He was an assistant chief constable. He said, Brendan, you're going to be my next staff officer. Have I got a choice, boss? No. <laughs> and that was it. Um, anyway, 
So uh, I get somebody, but back to the point, I've gone off at a tangent, I'm saying, I always do this. So back to the point, um, I, I get people saying, right, I'll get in touch with you when the application forms come out. Well, it's too late, folks. It's too late. The idea is, is that you have a compelling vision for your future, the job of your dreams. And then we work backwards. We work backwards. I know it's just how my head works. Work backwards and hack the system. So what we want to be doing is making sure that before the applications open, we have developed ourselves against the skills and the behaviors and the values that are required in the position that's your dream job, whether it's sergeant, road policing unit, dock handler, firearms, neighborhood officer, it doesn't matter what the role is. You need to work out way ahead of time what it is that they're looking for in the ideal candidate. And once you figure that out, and you get that not just from the job description, but also from talking to people who are in that position already, you know, what is it they were looking for in your interview, in your assessment centre? What sort of things were they looking for? Now you're in the role. What sort of things do you find are they, the common behaviours or values that you need to demonstrate? Or go and speak to one of the sergeants and inspectors. You know, they're nice people. They're not going to bite your head off. They're actually going to take it as a compliment that you're interested in joining their unit, their department. So reach out to them. Um, build bridges. Find out what the job description says. Because the amount of you, I say, well, what's the job description saying? They just go, I don't know. I've not seen it yet. Well, wh why not? Well, I'm waiting for the job applications to open. No, too late. Too late. Because once you've got that job description and you know what the ideal candidate looks like, then you can start developing yourself against those skills, values, behaviours, competencies. Does that make sense? I mean, please get in touch with me if it doesn't. But for me, this just makes a huge amount of sense. And it's the way I've always worked all the way through my career. I've set my stall out and decided this is what I want to achieve. This is the role I want to be doing. Nothing to do with my PDR or PDP. That was just, um, I mean, I spent, I, got, I managed to get promoted to inspector without having one up to date. And I once went through a period of six years without having one. I just kept saying to my boss, I don't want one, thanks. Yeah, but you've got to have one. Yeah, I don't really want one. Yes, but you've got to. And eventually he just threatened me with some misconduct or something. He was never going to do it, but I wrote my own and he just signed it. So it's all a bit pointless anyway, wasn't it? I still managed to achieve what I wanted to achieve, despite the fact you know, without needing a PDR. So those things tend to be a bit plastic. You dust them off once a year and you sort of write down a load of stuff and it gets signed off and there's all these courses that you're going to go on that you never end up getting on. You know, that's the reality. Or perhaps I'm just being cynical. I mean, please, I'd love to hear from you if it's much better than that. I mean, seriously better than that. But that's, that's, that's how I remember the PDRs and PDPs or wherever you choose to call them. And I still managed to achieve. I achieved because of the system I put together. And it's how we work backwards. So what we're going to do, once we've found out exactly what they're looking for in their dream candidate, we're then going to do a bit of a skills, a self-audit of ourselves using something called Jahari's window. And I'm going to explain that in the webinar next week. This is where you really do have a good, honest look at yourself in terms of who you are, what you stand for, what, what you're good at, what you're not that good at. And it's okay not to be good at stuff. I mean, I know that I'm messy. I'm not organized. I'm incredibly messy. I'm all over the place. I can never find anything. I'm always very distrustful of people who've got tidy desks because I just think, why? <laughs> if you've got time to have a tidy desk, then what's going on in your life? You know, um, I don't do lists. I don't prioritize things very well. 
but those are the things I don't do well and I'm quite happy with that I can kind of cater for that and work around it and uh, fortunately I've got a great you know my wonderful beautiful wife she's very very organized so she keeps me on a straight and narrow and so you don't have to be good at everything I know what I'm good at as well but you don't have to be good at everything because and I don't even like to think of those things as weaknesses, although the job will call them weaknesses, weaknesses that you need to focus on. I don't see them as weaknesses. I just think, right, well, at that particular thing that they're looking for, I'm not as good as I could be. So I'm going to really work on that to make sure that when it comes to the application forms being open, I'm awesome at it. I'm awesome at it. Or I can, I can also demonstrate that I'm awesome at it, not just because I understand the thing that they're looking for. So it might be analytical skills, or it might be attention to detail, or it might be creativity and innovation, or um, being able to manage in a, um, a, a very sort of chaotic scenario, very chaotic scenarios or very chaotic situations where you can still manage the pro- the processes that you're looking for talk about chaotic scenarios uh, there's one of the little there's the little boy and the dog barking and, and running around the house hey the delights of lockdown and putting podcasts together um, so there's the background noise in case you're thinking oh no, no there's a dog barking outside no it's not little boy and the dog anyway where am i up to um so yeah anyway we're going to put together uh, we're going to put together a bit of a, our own skills values audit and we're going to get other people to help us with that as well and i'll tell you how to do that in the webinar next week so that when it comes to the applications being open you've got like this journal and diary of all the things you're awesome at all the examples of things that you've done making sure that you've ticked all the boxes of the things that they're looking for the skills the behaviors all the stuff that's in the competency and values framework and you've got evidence of it so when it comes to putting in that application you can demonstrate you why why this role is important to you how you can demonstrate um, the skills and values and behaviors that you're looking for and what you're going to be capable of doing and if you can do all of that your application is going to stand out and you're going to get an interview and your interview is going to be awesome because I, I, I do interviews. I know how to coach and support you through an interview. And the, the same thing, we're going to hack the job description so I can predict what the questions are going to be. I can predict what they're looking for just from the job description. So then you know when you go to the interview, you know what the questions are likely to be. You've practiced and rehearsed them so that when you go there on the day, you don't come across as rehearsed. You come across as prepared and confident, awesome, and you get the job that's how it works folks that's how it works so don't wait until applications are open and don't get all confused looking at that competency and values framework i'll i'll help you through it join me at the webinar it's going to be awesome and it'd be great you know more than anything else it'd just be great to see so many blue light alumni people who i know i've supported over the years it can be fantastic to see you um we'll get straight stuck in though to all the good stuff about how we can make sure that we go through this five-stage process which i've put together for you which is (laughs) it's nothing like what i'm looking at at the moment in front of me the pdr meeting the simplified picture vision strategy um standards objectives uh, objectives and plans may change but are always supported by the behaviors ah, i still don't get that values and competencies are stable and unchanging i don't get any of it help <laughs> help me <laughs> if if anyone's from the college of policing listening to this please get in touch help me understand this thing that you put together this monster <laughs> it's insane all right anyway there you go folks there's this week's podcast uh next week's podcast is going to be awesome 
um, because all being well, tomorrow evening I'm going to be interviewing Chief Superintendent Roy Smith and in conversation with Chief Superintendent Roy Smith from the Metropolitan Police. And we're going to be talking about, on the webinar, which I'm going to turn into a podcast, we're going to be talking about community engagement, problem solving, the challenges the Metropolitan Police are facing, and and also what sort of candidates are they looking for in terms of recruitment. It's going to be an awesome, awesome podcast. So I'll get that one lined up for you next week. I've got quite a few interviews lined up. I'm not going to tell you who they are until I've got them confirmed, but I've got some really, really good ones uh, lined up for you that you're really, really going to enjoy and get a lot out of them. So Roy Smith tomorrow night. It's a sold-out gig, by the way. <laughs> if, you, if you want a ticket for this webinar, you can't get one. It's sold out. I've got a maximum number of 500 places that I can have on any webinar, and we have gone over that. So there's about 570 people have registered which means that unless you're there first, you're not going to get a seat. It's a sold-out gig. You might have a ticket, but you can't get in until someone else leaves, and then you can come in. So get there first. Those of you who are listening to this over the next 24 hours, get there first. It starts at 6 o'clock. It's going to be awesome. But don't worry if you can't make it, or if you've registered and you can't get in the room because there's too many people registered for it. There will be a recording. I know it's not the same as being live, but there'll be a recording. So that's going to be fantastic. I've got loads more lined up for you for this year. It's going to be, 2021 is going to be an awesome year. All right, it's going to be an awesome year for you, your careers, for your loved ones, for your dreams and aspirations. I know, sounding a bit cliche, Brendan, but this is what we do. We help each other realize each other's dreams and aspirations. And if you've not got a dream, if you've not got an aspiration, if you've not got a vision for your future, then you're in the right place. Listen to these podcasts. I'll help you to formulate a concrete and compelling vision for your most awesome, successful and fulfilling career. That's what we're about. That's what the Blue Light community is about. Shameless plug again. Come and join the community. We're we're almost at 15,000 members now. 15,000 people in a Facebook group. Can you believe it? Wow, incredible. All right, catch up with you next time, folks. Stay safe. And if you've got a blue light on top of the vehicle that you drive around in at work, I love you. If you are hoping to join the emergency services, then kudos to you. You're amazing. I'll catch up with you soon. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.